Welcome, everybody. Um, this is the CMY show. We actually found a name this time. Um, I'm Mark. Um, here with me, I have Yanil and also Christian. Um, we're back again uh, another week, another discussion, and we have a couple of cool topics to talk about. Um, but first, uh, I think we want to talk a little bit about ourselves. I, don't th- I think we just kind of started talking last time. We got right into it. Um, I guess I'll kick it over to Yanni to go first um, since I introduced him last and he's the last in the CMY. So. I was actually second in the introductions, but oh, all right, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I'll lead. So we wanted to discuss how we all started getting into photography and shooting or whatnot. I think I started with my dad's camera back in early, early 2000s, like 2001, probably. He had a Sony Mavica, Mavica whatever f717 if you've been around for a while you might recognize it it looks like this little box in the back with this massive lens in the front that would pivot and it was probably like an amazing digital camera for back in the day it was like you get like low angle shots because the pivoting it's having a tilt screen it had a tilt body like everything tilted around the screen and i would use that i've seen that before oh man I'll, i'll put a link in the show notes (laughs) <laughs> but it was it, it was an interesting design and I actually love that camera and I would use it a lot for car photography because I was really into cars back then so I would shoot all my friends cars including probably Mark's with that camera yeah did I I don't know not that I think whatever DSLR you had is probably the first thing you shot my car with so and that DSLR was 2005 and I known you since I had the GTI when I definitely had that Sony Oh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. seeing it. I, I would remember that thing. <laughs> I have to go back through, look at the access data in Lightroom, see. But that there was no competition back then, so it was really easy to be a good photographer. <laughs> it was like basically <laughs> me and it was like the only competition was Mike Alonso. Oh, He's gotcha. not a photographer now. He actually is a photographer. He still is. Yeah. He, and he actually still is a photographer. And he was, that was great back then. And he's still good now doing like aircraft stuff. Yeah. But. And before that, actually, my dad always had Sony cameras. I guess he has no taste, but whatever. The irony. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> he had the floppy disk ones. So you put like a little floppy disk in and it will hold like 20 photos because they were post like postage size back then. After that, he got the CD one, which was annoying because CDs had to be burned. You couldn't use an AOL floppy disk like CD in your camera. You actually had to go out and buy discs to use in this camera which kind of sucked and yeah. it's a consumable and like an SD card but I mess around with those all the time and it was super fun to shoot with and eventually he got the 717 and that set it off and from there I haven't always had a camera but I there haven't been very long periods of having some sort of a camera and I moved on to from the 717 one of my friends sold me a Nikon E40 or something super old school APS-C camera that was fun but i never really got into it because i didn't like buying lenses back then moved to micro four thirds with the gf2 oh i remember that and that was fun to use for a while but i also never really had a like a a goal with that camera so i just kind of shot whatever i any vacations or whatnot and eventually when i got married my wife's wedding gift to me was a fuji x100 and that set off everything that's going on now and Good yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It definitely was. Like, yeah. When I opened that up, I'm like, oh. I've never had a micro four thirds camera. Yeah. They, were, they were awesome. Yeah, they were. I, I think they were awesome pre camera phone, um, you know, high quality camera phones. Because I remember right. that you know, when he got the GF2, it was like, man, this thing is so small. The quality is so awesome. Right. That, that was like the big draw back then. I mean, I had micro four thirds for a while, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, now it, it's to be honest with you, your smartphone kind of rivals that for like convenience and being stuck in your pocket or anything like that. So Mark, how did you start? Well, um, similar thing, right? I mean, I think to some extent our families, we are all probably used to having some kind of camera around back in the film days. Or I mean, whether it was like the disposables or something, the, the first camera I remember carrying around often, I don't remember the brand, it was actually something cheap, but it was a film camera because I remember when I was in college, um, I was just always like the guy in the group having a camera on them at some point, right? You know, when that just kind of wasn't a thing like now. 
Um, and it was a film camera because I remember going back through recently and digging through some stuff and finding just, you know, snapshots of things they come across to me, cars, friends, hanging out at places, things like that. Um, and again, pre, pre-cell phone camera days. Um, didn't really do much with it for a while. That was 2000s, the early 2000s. Then I want to say 2007-ish. I had another point of shoot, but that was digital. Uh, had some fun with that. I think it was a Sony as well, too. They used to take the little, you know, uh, chewing gum memory stick things, whatever they were called. Uh, forgot the name now. Um, so I had that for a while. And then later on, 2009 Memory stick dual. Yeah, memory stick. There we go. Memory stick dual, yeah. In 2009-ish, uh, I went to California to visit a friend who was a professional photographer who did, you know, uh, shoots for like car magazines. I think it was at the time he was working for a drag a magazine or something. And you know, I went to go visit him and hang out over there. He was like, you know, you didn't bring a camera. You don't have a camera. I'm like, no, I was like, I had a 3GS at the time. It was an iPhone 3GS, which again, back then was pretty good. I was like, yeah, this is, this is all I need. I mean, you know, and he, he marched me to Best Buy. Like the first day I got there, like the same evening, had me buy a, a Canon Rebel XS, you know, with the kit lens, the 18 to 55. Mm-hmm. And that's what I took on that trip or used on that trip. And I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. You know, so same thing, shot a lot of cars, um, you know, did like a whole Project 365 thing where I'm shooting every day, just, you know, doing the, you know, the stereotypical thing when you get your first professional or I wouldn't say professional, but, you know, higher end camera that can do a lot of things, right? Slow shutter speed things, you know, hooking up, uh, putting a mount on my car, like doing a slow shutter speed at night type of thing to get the light trails, like all, all kind of cool stuff. Um, and, you know, it was mostly travel, right? Because that's actually what got me into it. But, you know, that progressed until... Uh, into like the T2i, into, you know, more lenses. I had a whole bunch of Canon L lenses for a while, but it was still a hobbyist. Uh, and then I got tired of carrying around all that stuff because it was really heavy. Went to Micro Four Thirds for a while, started with an EPL5, then an EM5, and then jumped to Sony full frame. Um, then what did I get after that? I think Fuji for a bit. I got into Fuji. So as, as we viewers and listeners will learn like I am the guy who has probably shifted and changed directions multiple times and probably will continue to do that for a while um and then today I'm you know fast forward I have a bunch of Fuji stuff and Leica stuff and I think that's really it for cameras I have to look back and see but yeah mostly Fuji and Leica today so damn so you guys have been doing this way longer than I have <laughs> <laughs> and, and not professionally either right I mean this is just for fun for the most part I mean you know yeah yeah I've done some paid work but or yeah I think I did get paid for it. Well, at least credited publicly, but I think Nails only would have done paid work outside of me, outside of you, sorry. Peter right. stresses me out. Christian, uh, before, you go, <laughs> before you go into your sto- origin story, I added the 717 to the show notes if you want to check it out. <laughs> it's an interesting camera. Okay. But go on. Let's see. Can you can you pull it up on the, oh, on the Zoom screen? Oh, that's the, oh wow. Is that it? You, no, you missed the. Le- it's seven one seven. Ah, That's seven one seven. Gotcha. Yeah, I, 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 I was searching pretty, for it. But we had one of those, something either that one or something similar. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's like wild. Jeez, none of those are yeah. it either. Hold on. Are you sure it was seven oh seven? I mean, this guy comes up here. Take out the take out the Mavica. I take out the FD. Just put seven one seven. A uh, handicap, maybe. There we go. Oh, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that thing looks like. Look at that. Actually, I want to check this space, out. This is, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, yeah, there is a seven oh seven, but yeah, there you go. Let's see what we got here. That wow, thing? one over two thousand uh, shutter speed. It was a really, really, really good camera back then. Right. Wow. Was it even a megapixel? I think it was three. <laughs> oh, you had to say it somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. Uh, no MPEG. Whatever. What do you mean? We can see what it is. So, yeah, it's a DSC F717. Two megapixels, no? For five megapixels. Five megapixels. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That's, like, you could print that eight by ten. We've come, yeah. we've come a long way. Yeah, that's it's the, the fourth generation as, as well. It wasn't even like an early gen, apparently, so... That's awesome. That's awesome. That is really awesome. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that camera before. Yeah. I love That's that. That's really thing. cool. All right. So, question, what's your origin? Um, okay. 
I used to be into music. I studied audio engineering. So I spent all of my days in recording studios, days and nights, more so nights than days, <laughs> uh, in recording studios, doing production. Um, I played in bands. It was fun. It was a good time. But I decided um, in 2011 or 2012, I decided to buy a camera because I wanted to shoot. I had a friend who was doing our, the artist that I used to work with, he was doing our music videos with a DSLR. And I wanted to like also direct, I love film and stuff. So I w wanted to direct music videos or something similar, maybe like even like short films or indie films or something like that and get into film, not so much still photography. Uh, so I bought a used Canon 6D, which is way ahead of when you guys started. <laughs> <laughs> way after uh, right after yeah way after yeah. way yeah, after yeah, yeah for sure um yeah, i almost bought a 60 yeah go ahead so i started i started with the 60 and then i just started watching youtube and kind of learning how to use that and i did a couple little videos like i did some behind the scenes videos for a friend of mine who's a photographer uh max reed and he's still a photographer amazing photographer so i would go with him to shoots and just kind of like like film him shooting and then like the model and like like the kind of like the vibe you know and then make a short little one to two minute video out of it and I did a couple of those uh and then I had a and then I started taking stills but like for fun of my then girlfriend who's my now wife uh and so what I did was I went to a party one day, it was a, a friend's birthday party and I had the camera with me and I was like, I'm just gonna take some photos. So I did. And I had another friend that was there and she's like, hey, uh, I have a friend who's looking for a photographer for an event, do you do that? And I don't know why, but I just said yes. <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll do it. And I got into shooting events. So I started taking stills at events. I started with like these, really small real estate uh, networking events. Um, and then I started doing little birthday parties and little baptisms and little this and little that. And I really started falling in love with taking still photography. And I kind of realized that doing film required a lot more people. I, film wasn't something that I could just do alone if I wanted to actually get into filmmaking. And I was a little bit jaded from the music scene and working with other people, working with like, for example, like I, it was five, five guys in my band and it was just like too many cooks in the kitchen basically all the time. And I wanted to kind of shy away from that. So I wanted to just be the boss and do my own thing and like not worry about anyone else's opinion. And I think all of that kind of made up what was my, idea to just go straight into still photography and then I just I really just fell in love with it and that's how I started uh I shot Canon all the way up until last year wow. I'm sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna say wow that story sounds so like sort of a romantic I, I, story. Didn't, like, I didn't start <laughs> with some big like weird looking like film <laughs> Photo, uh, camera or anything like that. I wish I started it, with it, would be, it would be way cooler of a story if I do. I like that you do you shoot events? Yeah, why not? <laughs> like that's I just it was just kind of like a fake it till you make it moment and I felt like I knew enough uh and I I had what I needed to do it. I had like a really crappy uh it was called Bolt the the brand of the flash and that was the flash that I used it was like I think it was under a hundred dollars on Amazon or something uh, and that's what I used for to, wow. to shoot the event and at twenty it was a the sixty with a twenty four to seventy and a bolt flash and that's all it takes like us photographers I guess like our big issue is that we see everybody else's work and we compare ourselves to everybody else oh and especially gosh. when you're starting out it's like I can't shoot any events look at like I probably seen like the best event photographers ever I'm like I can't do that like don't don't laugh at my work and then somebody that's not into it sees what you produce with a non-iphone and they're like wow this is amazing i can't believe these photos are so good and meanwhile i'm like 
I gave you crap. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm, I'm lying. I, the first time that I started taking still photos was before I even owned a camera. And it was with like the iPhone 3 or 4 around there with that app called Hipstamatic. You remember that? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> the precursor to Instagram. Yeah. Yes, Hipstamatic. So, and I remember going up to New York with like my band. We had a show up there. And I remember taking some photos with my iPhone and like doing a little shake shaking your phone to get the hypsomatic like <laughs> films or whatever. And that okay. was kind of, but like, I never thought at that point that photography, I was going to get into photography at all. It wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, there's very few people I know personally that have gotten into photography because it was like, I want to become a photographer or, you know, I explicitly like photography. So I'm going to pursue this thing. It's usually like, this thing that comes as like a consequence of something else, right? You want to document your travels. You want to document, you know, bad life or you're around something that like photography and cameras are involved. And then you kind of pick it up. Very few people I know personally. I mean, I don't know if there's any difference for you guys, but you know, most people I know personally have just kind of picked it up and, you know, ran with it, if you will, you know, Mm -hmm. and it got really serious after a point where, you know, eventually you become like the, the guy or the girl with the camera always and then yes you're you're the photographer or something right in in that group or in that that environment so like for me it's not so much that uh like i i had a purpose for the camera i just i just always liked cameras as an object as technology as whatnot like this little black box that creates cool things so i learning how to take good photos has just been a con has just been like a consequence of wanting to buy more cameras like i (laughs) So I need to learn how to use this thing if I want to justify buying more. And yeah. that's it. Like a new camera comes on, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. It does like 100 frames per second. I have no use for that, but I kind of want to see what it's like. <laughs> and that's what cameras yeah. are for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the gadget addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. all three of us have that, have that gadget addiction. But I have to say, I never really got into cameras as a gadget until I discovered Leica. That's really when I was like, whoa that's like the first time i remember specifically uh i had a tumblr blog and i was like scrolling through tumblr and i saw this like old looking camera and i was like yo that's wild like that looks amazing i really want one of those one day and then i just kind of like you know never really thought about it again and then when i became a photographer i heard leica and leica and leica and then i started looking into it and stuff and that's when i was like whoa I, i need to like i need to get into this yeah. Like, well, go, go ahead, Yanni. No, like for me, like, like it was kind of like an end game, just based on same thing, like the way they looked. I didn't like. I would look at them like the specs, especially for them. I'm like, they're not really there. Does have autofocus? Doesn't do any of this stuff. But it's so nice looking. It has like this old school engineering and this hand. Like, I don't even know they're handmade, but like it has like a handcrafted appeal to it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I want one of those, and I want to own one at one point, and that was always kind of an end game yeah and the aesthetic of honest, it is just so inviting exactly and to be honest when i first got my first thumb i used it a little bit and it really sat around for almost a year like i was like i really yeah. stuck with this thing every photo is like out of focus like i'm missing every <laughs> single shot and i was like really dis- not disappointed in the purchase guy i still enjoyed having it but it just didn't get much use until i guess people a little havana started then that's when i started using it more and more but how did you start people of little havana ah uh, i went, all right so I, I will get to you i will get to you uh, his name is not chris mora lewis mora from the leica okay. store he yeah. posted a well the leica store had like the a video where they actually went with the 28 millimeter sumeron i think sumeron, yeah to little havana and they shot there and mm-hmm. I just bought the I house. I think I saw like, that video. Hey, yeah. like, there's pretty cool photography stuff there. But I didn't do anything about it. Some time passes, and I'm pretty sure with Mark, I was talking about like, street photography. We should go shoot somewhere. And look at this cool video of Little Havana. Let's go shoot there. And then I started going to Little Havana and taking photos. But I wasn't doing anything with them, just posting them to my personal page. And I was like, and then one day, like, I'm lying in bed on my phone, laying next to my wife in bed with my phone. And I'm talking to Mark, like I do all day long. And he's like, why don't you start like an Instagram page for it? And I'm like, 
okay. So I started, I actually created like three or four different pages with different names just in case. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I started just posting to people Little Havana and like, let's see where it went. And people liked it and I enjoyed posting and it gave me purpose to go out and keep on shooting because without an actual angle, I would just move on to one of my other hobbies. And that's what's kept me focused on this for so long. And people Little Havana has probably been the longest thing I've ever done continuously all the time, apart from, I guess, working. <laughs> and that's great though. That's like that consistency is really what builds. Uh, I think that that's key in, in anything you do in life. Is just consistency and, and keeping up with not just the not just the quality of what you're doing, but also the keeping the drive and, and the determination and the discipline. I think I posted I don't know if it was seven days a week or five days a week, at least one photo per day for an entire year, yeah. like which I have never done. And then I moved yeah, to you, three. Really? You were shooting a lot too, because um, I remember this. Like you know, just kind of since he mentioned that I, I was kind of part of the the you know reason I wouldn't say reason why I started, but an influence for it. I remember him shooting a lot, and I mean a lot. This was before his son was born. Like a lot of shooting, like every day, like probably on the way in to work or you know lunchtime or on the way home because it, it's close by. So that was actually really cool to see. Like you know. If you know, you talk about people that are prolific artists, they you know produce a lot of work, whether it's music or artwork and everything. It was just like he was just out shooting his his ass off, um, you know. Right. And it was really cool to see that. And I mean, we joke about it sometimes, just like yeah, he has like a back catalog of stuff that he just like would set up to post and you know have it for later on. And it's like I, I gotta post something. I'm like I can't I can't keep up with that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, but that was really cool to see because it was as you said the dedication to just keep doing it. And, and I think what made it really cool to watch and then even just understand and appreciate is that, you know, I, I, you know, out of the three of us, I'm the only non-Hispanic, right? Like I was born in Jamaica, mm -hmm. so I don't really have that background. And I yeah, learned Dominican. through, <laughs> I learned through, you know, kind of, you know, what little Havana meant, the history and everything. And it was really cool to see that and see that being documented that way and like his purpose for it and him also almost like learn to appreciate a little bit more about like the neighborhood and what's going on there. And, you know, like I also started learning a little bit more about it. So I'd go with him and shoot and, you know, yeah, I don't necessarily have the connection, but it was cool to see, again, uh, I guess a deeper purpose behind just, all right, I'm going to post pictures to Instagram to like get likes, right? It was like, right, I'm going to document yeah. this. Things are changing, you know, the, mm -hmm. these are the people that are there. I mean, you, you go often enough that you start to see there's, you know, I call them characters, right? Not in a, in a uh, you know, uh, negative way but just you know you see these people that are there that are from the neighborhood they're there they go play dominoes they go you know eat at these places and everything so it's really they're cool definitely characters they're yeah definitely right? i mean characters. yeah some some are have their their unique quirks and so on right if um, any so of you it, guys sorry to interrupt if any of <laughs> you guys ever travel to miami make sure to yeah. make a stop in little havana it's really yeah. it's really a special place uh and it's got a lot of history and culture so yeah and that's a good point too, because like there's lots of tourists. It is a tourist spot, right? So there, you see the it buses is, come yeah. up. So there's just yeah. there's often I I see it a lot. There's this juxtaposition of like the tourists that come in and mm -hmm. like the locals, right? Like you'll see, you know, like not to be stereotypical, but you see like Asian tourists coming in with like you know their phones and taking pictures of everything with like selfie sticks in front of like the giant you know roosters that are there. And to me, that's just a really interesting thing because it's like you know people may walk by that every day and not really care about it. But seeing yeah. that and that, you know, kind of contrast is, is really cool sometimes. So, um, so I, I, again, as a, uh, you know, fly on the wall, if you will, just kind of watching that, it was kind of cool to see that project, um, you know, take shape and continue on. And, you know, even today where we haven't been out shooting for a long time, but, you know, it's really cool to watch. So That reminds me of like, Yanet is kind of like almost Martin Parrish in a way where he's like shooting a very touristical area in Miami for different reasons, but still like, that's just, it reminds me of that, I guess. And my goal is always to like, not have the tourists in my shot. Yeah. Which just makes yeah. it really hard sometimes. Like sometimes it, sure. they just have to be in there, but I always try to just get locals in the shots. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of like the diversity of it and like the culture of it. Um, yeah. It's, I love that place, man. It's, I, I've gone, I've gone with Kenya to shoot over there and, it's really fun, man. It's really fun. There's a lot going on. Yeah. A lot um, going on. So for anybody in Miami that actually wants to start street photography, 
Little Havana is the place to do it. There's people, it's one of like the most walked areas in Miami. There's interesting people all over the place and there's tourists with cameras all over the place as well. So everybody that's there is used to being photographed and they won't really have an issue with you taking their photo. So yeah. that's what I, it was like kind of like the cheat code for street photography. Like you could go <laughs> there and just be a street photographer instantly because just be yeah, everybody has true. a camera there. Yeah. 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 What about you, Mark? What, uh, what do you like to shoot and why? Yeah. That's a, that's changed over time. Um, I think now, so funny as you know, was starting people of Little Havana, I really got into street kind of by osmosis um, because it's accessible, right? I mean, my biggest thing before having kids was travel photography. So yeah, I take snapshots, you know, some cool shots here and there of daily life stuff. I mean, you know, it was more just fun, right? Again, I used to shoot micro four thirds earlier in this time, point in time. Um, so it was really convenient, but you know, once I started, as I started having kids, like it was a thing I keep popping up, but once I had my first, my first kid and like time as started, a father. Uh, yeah, as a father, there you go. Once I became a father, uh, <laughs> um, you know, time obviously, uh, became a little bit, uh, more, a, a scarcer resource. So street photography was the one thing that was a little bit more accessible because I could plan a day and say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, have whether I drop my son off at my mom's house or something to, you know, watch him for the day. And I go out half the day, go shoot with, you know, get some pictures, even just for the, the shutter therapy aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it started where it's like, all right, this is the only accessible thing because I wasn't traveling where I used to before where, you know, when I, when I met my wife, before she was my wife, we used, we travel at least two, three times a year. I mean, we, the first year we started dating, we went to Italy, we went to Canada, we went to, you know, uh, where do we go? Jamaica. We went to a bunch of different places, like in the first couple of years. So there's always somewhere that, you know, let's say every four months I was looking forward to. So when that went away, it was like, well, okay, well, what would I do? You know, um, don't really have time for car stuff anymore. And, you know, cars, I guess I kind of lost interest in it. Uh, so street photography was dynamic and I hate to use that word. It sounds very cliche, but dynamic enough where like, it's something different every time you go. And, you know, there are a lot of influences I had. Um, I know we have a whole shout out segments on this, but I'll bring it up now. Uh, there's a photographer that I used to follow and still do follow called uh, uh, Six Street Under on Instagram. Yeah, he was man. like, a, yeah, his work he, is he, really he, great, right? Yeah, it was it was unique. It was I, I think he was to me one of the the at least by whatever Instagram feeds me a pioneer in that right where he was out prolifically shooting, you know, very like artistic looking compositions and it was just really cool i mean I, i'll if you look at my instagram right now you'll see a lot of that tries to mimic that as i was trying to figure out okay what it is like how, how do i do these techniques and figure out my own style so i think a combination of again going to shoot with Daniel and discovering this guy really got me going to the street um so that's i'd say that's kind of my main main focus i mean i, I talked about it in the first episode right i do shoot pictures of my kids and family and everything on a day-to-day but those typically don't make it on uh, my personal Instagram, sorry, my, um, you know, souls and street account, right. It stays mm-hmm. on my personal stuff. Um, right. I travel now for work a lot, so it's really cool. Um, I actually shoot with one of the cameras I have is an X 100 V and I've shot with X 100 F before. So it's pretty easy to travel with and compact. And you can just kind of keep it in a backpack whenever I'm working. So I'll take that on trips and just, you know, shoot what's around me. Um, but yeah, that, that's really what I've been focusing on these days. Um, and it's still fun, right? I mean, when I, whenever I can do it, know yeah yeah yeah. traveling and shooting is my absolute favorite (laughs) i mean i'm lucky enough where where my job i'm a portrait and wedding photographer uh for those of you who are new here and my job allows me to travel a whole lot and while i travel it's just like my eyes are the lens like i don't stop looking at anything around me as if I don't have a camera in front of me. Um, I mean, my camera is always in my hand. It's just having, having those new environments and, and new dynamic um, cultures to, to, you know, look at and, and take in and, and capture. It's just, it really is like a thrill. And, and like, uh, I think one of you mentioned, it's almost therapeutical in a way. Uh, when I go to Paris, for example, I've been, I've been there enough times where I kind of know my way around a little bit and I'll just leave my wife 
either at the hotel, at the spa or whatever. And I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to go out and shoot for a couple hours. And then I'll just pound it, man. I like, I'll walk like six to 10 miles, like nonstop and just shoot, 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 shoot. And it's just like the most refreshing thing in the world to me. And, uh, COVID has taken that from me. <laughs> that is, that <laughs> yeah. is. But I, I can't wait to get back, uh, back to it. Unfortunately, today, my Paris trip got canceled. <laughs> this morning, I got an email. We were supposed to go to a, a photo workshop in Paris, my wife and I. My wife works with me. And uh, it got, we got an email that, unfortunately, because of everything that's going on, it, it's just going to be canceled outright, which sucks because we were really looking forward to going to Paris in October. Uh, it was initially set for March, and that obviously got postponed to October, and now it's canceled, and it's it's really tough. It's our favorite place to go. Um, but we've been, you know, all over Europe and Canada and the States and stuff. And, and street photography is just, there's such an abundance of it. And there's so many things that you can do that it never gets old. Yeah. So building off of that, like, as a wedding photographer, stuff like that, how are you dealing with COVID? Like what's going on with your clients and everything? <laughs> Well, everything is postponed and canceled or, and or canceled, I should say. We're like, I think around currently today, July 14th, around 25 or 26 postponements. Some brides have postponed twice. So it's like they postponed when it, they were, we're, you know, same thing with the workshop. It was supposed to be like in March, April, and then postponed to like September, October, and or even November. Some of our November brides are, are postponing. It's, it's really tough, man. It sucks, you know? Uh, and then the cancellations, we had a couple that unfortunately lost their jobs because of this. They were just, they were furloughed at first and then they just outright lost their, their jobs and they're paying for their wedding. So they had to cancel. Um, if I am shooting anything, it's been really pretty small and intimate and I have to, you know, I keep a mask on, which makes things really difficult. It sucks. It's not like, I wish I could say like, oh, I just throw on a mask and it's no problem. It's not the case. I mean, my, you know, my EVF gets fogged up. Mm -hmm. uh, it wears me out quick. I'm not used to like the go, go, go that I was like shooting yeah. a wedding every weekend. Now it's like once every maybe two months or once a month or whatever. And the physicality of it is, is really difficult. That's Keeping up and Sorry, yeah. Take off that the whole you were doing it every single weekend it's kind of like muscle memory how has it been yeah. after i'm guessing you probably took a few months without doing pretty much anything how was it getting back into it was it like riding it, a bike it, or it was tough yeah no i mean yes and no there was definitely times that i felt like the first wedding that i that i got back to um it was tough it was tough to like find my my rhythm right away uh you know, just not having my camera in my hand, like every single day, like I was really had an impact, had an impact for sure. And then not just that, but physically it's exhausting because I'm not like, you know, even I, we were talking about this earlier, like I've been Pelotoning and keep trying to keep fit. But even with that, shooting a wedding is so intense. It's so physically intensive that it's like a specific kind of exercise that if you don't keep up with, you just lose it, you know? So it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge on many angles. It's been a challenge for, for my inspiration. You know, like I found that before it was like, I just couldn't wait to shoot weddings and like, couldn't wait to get out there. And like, you know, with the travel, it helped a lot where it's like, whoa, we're going to go here and we're going to go there and it's going to be awesome. And my wife works with me as a, as a bridal stylist. So it's like, we, we make a really good team. And this has just been going on for so long that it's, it's, it, it wears on you, you know, it wears on you, it wears on your inspiration. I've been taking some online workshops. I've been doing a bunch of uh, research on, on new photographers that I've never heard of, or I should say old photographers I've never heard of, uh, reading up on Magnum photographers and just studying all that work. I have tons of photo books that I look through all the time, but even then, like 
I don't find that drive that I had when I was like really in it, you know? Yeah, so Chris, out of all of us, Christian's the one that's been the, apparently the most productive doing all his research and learning all these things during COVID. Besides that, if you well, actually- I've also board, been playing a lot of video games, to be fair. <laughs> a lot of video games. I know that feeling too, 305 hours in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, the Last of Us 2 came out. Oh my God. I mean, there goes you my guys. life. So you if you could put down the video games, are you going to be shooting anything this week? I have a couple of portrait sessions this week. Uh, I've been really, we've been trying our best to keep everything as tiny as possible for safety reasons, not just for us, but like for our clients, you know. Um, if I can, we're not even doing public spaces anymore. We tried it for one session. <laughs> we went to a public park and it was a disaster. And we, our clients got like <laughs> threatened to be fined for not wearing a mask and stuff. And we're just like, okay, this isn't a good idea. Let's, let's not do this. Um, so yeah, we're, we're keeping as safe as possible. You know, um, people, people definitely still want to be photographed and, and it's still a special thing to me. So we're just trying to keep it safe and healthy and we're getting tested a few times a, a month. Um, thankfully we have, you know, I have some clients that are, that have doctor's offices and stuff that we can go to and that's the best we can do. Mark? Yeah, well, um, I picked up an oldie but goodie uh, last week. So uh, I picked up a Fuji X-T3 and a 16 to 80 F4 lens that they came out with. Um, I sold my X-T3 back in February, but decided to pick it back up just because I, I kind of missed having uh, an interchangeable lens camera um, besides a Leica. Um, so I, I've been using that the last couple of days and it's been fun to kind of get back into something that reminds me of like my old days of using a zoom. So I am basically just using that to shoot more of a gear change than a, you know, a subject change, you know, still shooting family and my family and day-to-day -day life. Nice. It's funny. When I got my queue, I promised my wife I would sell my SH1 to pay for <laughs> part of the queue. And I haven't because it's the same thing. I like having a zoom. Yeah. It's like nothing else. I have zooms and it, does make a big difference a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, for me personally also, it's just, you know, the reason I sold it to begin with, it just wasn't a very, if you want to call, inspiring camera. I mean, it is compared to like other cameras that I've used in the past, but it just didn't, you know, I had an X100, I had a like an M, so it was, just, you know, I never really grabbed for that, but now it's like, okay, it's, I look at it as a tool where it's like, it serves a purpose and that's it. I have one lens for it, a zoom lens. So if I need to use a zoom lens, this is a camera I use. There's no, I, I'm not buying any primes for it. I, I do have an adapter to run the, uh, to attach the, uh, to adapt the uh, Leica lenses that I have. I have a couple of Voigtlanders, mm -hmm. like 28, 35, and 50 lenses. But, you know, this is my utilitarian device that sits there. And if I want to use that, that's fine. Uh, you know, and it's a completely separate use case than the other cameras I have. I had to train myself to stop using a zoom um because up until basically last year i was shooting like most of my work i had a 24 to 70 on my canon uh 5d mark 4 and then I, well i had the r for a little while um and i had a 24 to 70 on it pretty much either a 50 or a 24 to 70 and when i switched over to leica um just like matt day did something we got to talk about soon um i had to uh, you know it's only it's only primes luckily with the q2 i have the option of a 28 or a 35 um i've been shooting i find myself shooting a lot more with the 35 than the 28 to be honest with you like i really like having that 35 those 35 frame, frame lines on there it makes it feel more like an m to have frame lines on it instead of just like the whole picture in the evf you know but anyway uh yeah, I, I feel you on the Zoom, but it's just, I think I put myself in a more challenging position purposely to not use a Zoom. Yeah, it it's, it's more for fun in the, in the use case. Like, I mean, I, this might be something I take traveling where, you know, you just want to capture like moments, right? It's not anything, I don't want to say it's not a creative tool, um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's a certain use case. To, to be honest with you, the, the thing that I missed or one of the most out of it was actually a wider field of view, which is why you guys know I had a queue for a while and tried it out, didn't really like the whole camera. 
And what I miss from the Q is actually the wider focal length for certain things. So having the 16, right. which is a 24 uh, mil equivalent, is actually really interesting, but still gives me, you know, the flexibility that if I do want something a little tighter and I don't have to go grab a whole other camera to do that, you know. Right. I yeah. had bought the, when I got the SL2, I got the Panasonic um, 24, I think it was a 24 to 70. Yeah, 24 to 70. And I used it on like two shoots and I literally hated it. Like I, well, first of all, the lens itself was like plasticky and just didn't feel right, oh, wow. especially being on like a Leica. Um, and, and I returned it. I ended up, I bought it from B&H and I returned it because I just, I really didn't like it at all. I just didn't feel natural anymore to, to be using a zoom. Wait, yeah. That thing is a ton of money. It's not even a constant aperture, right? It is constant aperture. It is? It's a 2.8. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Leica 24 to 90 is a 2.8 to a 4, yeah. which is, it sucks. Like <laughs> I, like I would, but, but to be fair, that lens is incredible for what it is. And also with the SL2, you have um, image stabilization, so you can shoot at a much slower shutter speed if you have to shoot at 90 F4, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it kind of balances out that, I mean, but that lens came out with the SL1, which didn't have the same image stabilization as the SL2. And and you really were limited to, to shooting with a four. And I've seen some, amazing images like i mean look at steve mccurry's images that he made in china recently with the sl2 and the 24 to 70 i mean 24 and 90 i'm sorry and like they're stunning but it's not a lens that i would buy uh i would just i would rather buy a 90 <laughs> you know what i mean like i roll around at a wedding with an sl2 with a 50 a q2 and an m10 with a 90 on it M10 with a 90 at a way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> yeah, man, I, it's it's definitely it's challenging, but it's it's super fun. Um, I have the the mag the magnifier for the rangefinder, the mm -hmm. 1.4 magnifier, so it brings out those frame lines frame lines nice and big. Uh, and it just I feel like it's like a little sniper machine. It's awesome. <laughs> I just keep it in my in my side bag. And I just pull it out for like, usually during ceremony when I can't get too close, if it's like a big church and stuff, um, I'll pull that out. I would love to get a one, either a 105 or 135. I tried the Sigma 135 and the autofocus was garbage, like straight garbage. I returned that shit immediately. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> take this out of here. Like I've tried so many Sigma lenses and I hate them, but that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. So what are you shooting this week, Yanni? I don't really have anything planned. I was discussing with Mark a couple of days ago. I started riding my bike again. I'm like, I kind of want nice. to carry a camera on my bike. And I have a little like bag in the front. GR3, man. But what, what, yeah, tell him, but tell I, him what you thought about. Tell him what you thought. <laughs> I like to do dumb things. I was like, man, you know, I should get like an X-Pro3 the Fuji because it has the lens in the back that you could flip that it covers the LCD. I'm like, I put that in my bag and it won't get scratched. It's weather sealed. I could get a small, either 27 millimeter pancake or just my 16 F 2.8 Fuji lens, which are small. I would just fit in the bag perfectly. It's a strong camera. But then again, why the heck would I spend like, what is it like $1,500 for that body? to throw it in a bag on my bike and go ride and possibly destroy it. So yeah, I'll either carry my GF2, which I still own because I, I never sold anything. That's what insurance is for. I'm not insuring <laughs> this. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just saying like you can insure I, your gear in general know, just, and then like take your cue and if it gets destroyed, then you just get a new one. I know, but I still have like this poor man mentality where like I don't want to spend extra money on insurance. <laughs> I just won't break it. I guess. I, I know, guess. like I, I know I need to. Like you're hundred percent right. I just don't. But you're hundred percent right on that. But it's been one of those mental hurdles where like I should really insure all of this. So I could actually trap when I travel, I carry almost every single camera I own just because I don't want to leave them in my house. I no. mean, I am basically in the same situation now. I'm gonna pretty much be taking my whole kit. Um, and I only have, like, I mean, I don't really have a backup yet 
because the SL2 hasn't been available up until now. And I don't think that spending six Gs on a camera during COVID is like the move. The wise so, yeah. So like, I mean, if something were to happen to my SL2, I could continue shooting what I'm shooting with a Q2 until I'm sure someone at Leica can help me get an SL2 to replace it, but it will take time, you know? I, it, it, it's actually more worrisome about my 50, the 50 Apple SL than the SL2. But, you know, what are you gonna do, man? Get insurance, cute dog. Good. All right, pause for a second. You need to enable screen sharing again. I figured, pause, pause, pause. Oh. <laughs> You'll be able to find this, because <laughs> I can't screen share. I was gonna jump to the next segment and get the, the profile up, but yeah, I can't screen share. It sucks that it doesn't stay on like yeah. Well, we eternally. So, oh damn! I was gonna move to our shout out section. All right, you're Dude. up. Hold on, wait, Demi, why is freaking do this thing? Uh, hang on. There you go. Okay. Uh, switch between that and that. Okay. Let me get this for it. Oh my god, what? Okay. Okay, so we're continuing. And a one, and a two, and uh. Okay, so we, I, I think we wanted to, to also take a point in the show to just kind of call out some photographers and whether it's Instagram accounts, people we know personally, you know, businesses, anything that, you know, we want to just give a shout out to. Um, I think Yanni and I both tied on this. Um, so I'll go ahead and share. Uh, there's a photographer that we've come across. I'm sure we've both chatted with him on Instagram before. His name is uh, Daniel Anez. I, uh, I'm going to butcher that. So help I'm me. I'm going to go with that. My, my fellow, fellow Hispanic Spanish speakers. Um, yeah, so his his account is really interesting. I like the work he shoots. I, I think he shoots it like I think he shot with Fuji. I mean, it doesn't really particularly matter the gear. But his style um, is reminiscent to me of like an Alex Webb uh style which i really yeah, like yeah wow, I have this that. is really good yeah i have the yeah. the alex Webb book here on my desk because we were talking about this a little bit earlier so you know really cool work um really like his work a lot um and you know seems to be a cool guy just you know in chatting with him so just wanted to shout him out as a photographer that i think we enjoy at least seeing his work i you know every time he posts something i'm like oh, it's going to be really interesting um yeah really cool um so that i think that <laughs> like said, so you know i both came up with him as somebody yeah. the the call out as a, as a photographer that we, you know, see on Instagram where we like their work. So the gear um, matters, the gear matters. It, I want to well, shoot to it. Actually, he, I was going to say it doesn't, but that's kind of why I like him because he shoots with an X100. He shoots with, I think an X pro he shoots with an M he shoots film. And yeah. no matter what he's shooting with his work always looks consistent. Correct. Yeah. So and that's, that's why yeah, I said it was pretty matter. crazy. Time you give him any camera and it looks he's getting in their face like with the camera and it's this re really cool like composition and vantage points S scroll up scroll up a little bit yeah there you go go up a little bit more keep going keep going there's a shot that was just like wow which one keep going. i mean all of them all of them realistically <laughs> yeah. i love i love that that one um with the, yep, that one yep, right there. That was the one I saw too, yeah. Dude, I mean, a, a lot of so the work good. is like that. Yeah, and, and to Yanni's point, right? I mean, yes, the gear matters. I mean, but I think it's, you know, and he's he's found like his formula, if you will, or his style. And I think it's just really cool. Like I said, it's, it's reminiscent of Alex Webb, but I think it's not a copycat, right? I mean, it's not very cliche. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at Alex Webb's work and, and even the, his work, right? There's a lot of layering to it. So like, you know, there's things in the foreground, the background, and let me see there. Yeah, there's, I think Alex Webb has more shadow play than he does, um, but his colors are wild, dude. Yeah, they're so and they're good. not overblown, but at the same time, they're vivid, right? They're vivid, but they're not yeah, saturated. Yeah, like I really they're, like that a you know, lot, man. Yeah, they're, they're really hyper-realistic, like but also not. It's, it, you know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, if we're talking the digital age here, right? It's a combination of both the editing style as well as the composition and everything else, right? Because you yeah know, it's just really cool so yeah i mean you know he's actually from florida too i think he's from orlando or something like that so mm -hmm. combination of colors composition the layering you know just you know one of my my favorite accounts to like see work from on instagram so 
Um, yeah, I mean, check him out. He's at Daniel Anez, A-N-E-Z photo on Instagram. Um, yeah, I guess that's Yanil and, and my pick for today. Um, Christian, you have anybody else you wanted to shout out? I think you had some folks that you wanted to shout out. Yeah, man. I want to shout out, my, uh, I want to shout out to my boy Carlos from a little spot here in Miami called Tinta Cafe. Um, I've been a regular there for, for some time. And Carlos is part owner and also a chef at the restaurant. And he also has been dabbling in street photography as well. And it's really great work. Uh, he lives out of Miami beach, so he gets to see really cool stuff, really cool characters. Um, uh, his user is Carlito, C-A-R-L-I-T-O 21. Um, I'm actually wearing his shirt cause I wanted to rep that. <laughs> he hooked me up with this shirt. I am wearing the competitor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I think you go to to Tinta more than you go to Chugs. It depends if it's a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, got it, got wow. it, got it. I, I just realized. Yeah, so we we both been. Let me see. I I have a. Uh, <laughs> let me see. When did he go here? He posted this what a couple hours ago. It looks like. I actually went oh, yeah. by. It's Puerto Rico and, and took a picture of the same basketball court. It's a really like vivid court and like where it is like the scenery. I mean, it is what it shows there. Um, so yeah, hey, kudos. I, I like this spot. He actually spends a lot yeah, of time dude. in Puerto he Rico. Does, yeah. yeah, he does. He does a lot of cool like portrait work. Um, do you know if he's there now in Puerto Rico? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of cool portrait work. He like he has a really great eye for like characters. You know, characters. His protest like from, great. He went to the protests and. Oh yeah, yeah man. So I just I've wanted been to follow him for a while. I, I just realized that they got to the protest. Like, I've seen this stuff before. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, follow man. Him. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude. So, to Christian's prior point about equipment mattering, this is all iPhone. Yeah, it's yeah, he just uses his phone for everything, and it's great because he's just getting in there taking cool shots. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm I, trying to. I'm trying to get him into Leica though. And he is prolific. <laughs> it's working. It's yeah. working. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned gear, and you know, I'm sure we'll touch on it because every, you know, you can't talk about photography or anything that has tech in it without talking about the gear. But uh, I think the eye definitely trumps the gear, right? Because if you have the right eye and vision for it, then I mean, kind of. Oh my god, a hundred percent, dude, a hundred percent for sure. Yeah. I think the three of us, at least you know, you know, and I, like, we both talk about the gear because there's obviously objects that kind of inspire us to do stuff, but. You know, there are times you see stuff. I mean, and I even look back, I actually looked back at my personal Instagram not too long ago and I was like, wow, I actually took some quite interesting shots with a iPhone 3G and 4 and whatever that, you know, that sure. had a camera available, right? I, I do have to that. say, though, I do have to say, and not because this is a camera I shoot with or, or the camera that, you know, many legendary photographers have shot with, but like, there's definitely something to be said about shooting with a Leica M and the fact that it's like, everything is manual about it. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely, I, in my personal opinion, something to be said about that, that I feel more accomplished when I make a really great photo with my Leica M than when I do with my Q2 or like my SL2. I'm not saying that you can make a better image or not or whatever. It's just like me personally, I feel more accomplished using, knowing that I used it a fully manual camera to, to create an image over an autofocus camera or anything like that. Yeah. The, the analogy I like to use a lot is that, you know, like I used to have a, a Honda S2000, right? It was a relatively bare bones, you know, not very high horsepower by comparison, manual transmission. You know, the car had like basically two seats, AC and an engine and transmission. It wasn't a whole lot of, you know, frills to it, but it was one of the most enjoyable cars to drive. Even though now I have something that has a lot more tech, it's more, it's faster, it's more powerful. It was just, you know, the manual element to that car and just being connected to it was something, it was a part of the experience, right? Regardless of how fast it was. And I think the same thing can be applied, the same concept can be applied to, you know, the camera or the tools you use, whatever it is, right? It's just something that if you appreciate, you know, the discipline, the hobby, whatever you want to call it, you know, some people will enjoy that and, and as part of the experience or whether or not it makes you a better photographer or not, I, I think people get that confused where it's like, because you use XYZ camera does not make you a better photographer or a better driver, better this. I, but, I don't think so. Yeah. But, you know, Absolutely. Enjoyment. Enjoyment. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, that's the reason I still have Leica's, right? I mean, they're, they're probably not the most practical cameras for me personally, but they're definitely one of the more enjoyable cameras to use. Right. 
um, and why I probably won't get rid of them anytime soon, even though they, like I said, they don't technically fit. You know, again, I'm techie. If, uh, you, if, if, you know? if you were to put all of your other cameras in a drawer or even sell them to be like dramatic and only like force yourself to only shoot with a Leica M, you would be surprised at how fast I go like, it would, it it would no be <laughs> it would be a practical use camera. Yeah. But you have yeah. to you have to like I mean you just have to put the use into it. Yeah. If you let it sit there and you never yeah exactly if you let it sit there and then every time you pick it up you're like fidgeting and struggling with the with the focus because it's manual it's gonna take forever but if you use it every day like when I travel I only shoot with my M10 and yeah. like dude by the end of the trip I'm like I, I'm it's like glued to my hand you know yeah yeah I've seen some of your travel pictures from that you shot with M10 and like you know again like anything you can get great pictures of whatever tool you're using. I think for me, sometimes it's like I get lazy and I, I just don't want to be bothered. Right? I don't want to be bothered with that. I just want it like easy button, right? Where I'm using like all the, the fancy, you know, eye autofocus and stuff. So, I mean, that, that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. personal reason. And no, I feel you. I mean, that's why I shoot autofocus for work because yeah. I yeah, want to make right? my work easier. I don't want to yeah. like, and I mean, thankfully, know, shout uh, out know. to like Benj Hayes who shoots like his weddings with a like Yeah, that's like, wild. Yeah, Benj Hayes is, is wild. Good, like, yeah, that's me. super wild. Yeah. So I got one more shout out and this is a kind of personal friend of mine. Let me go ahead and get his site up here. Uh, where we got. Uh, so the hat I'm wearing is from a friend of mine. He has a company, an apparel company called No Bueno Apparel. So the hat I'm wearing is the, the Miami Vice colors. I mean, no, I'm not from Miami. You know, get off my case. I know you're going to say that. But this is <laughs> Miami Vice colors. He has other colors as well. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, wanted to show support for his business. He actually did a run of, um, really quickly, all black versions of the hats that I'm wearing here, um, you know, to support um, some of the racial inequality stuff that was happening last month. He had a, a special that was going on where he would donate, like, you know, all of some of the profits. I forget what the actual percentage was to a charity. Uh, I think he picked, I forgot the name, it was the color or something, color of justice or something like that. So it was really cool, cool, um, you know cause and everything so I, I bought this one i bought the one i have on my head i had you know yeah, dude, the one you things, have so. on is, is pretty dope i, I was yeah. noticing it earlier yeah so I, I just want to shout him out because you know again you know support small local businesses and also again you know he was doing this for a good cause so check him out um this is his site i think it's up here you know so he has snapbacks he has the distress hats he actually just launched because this one has like the little rips in it which to be honest which is not really my style but you know i want to support him and everything so he has a bunch of stuff on here um, you know, check him out. He's he's local, like I said, and you know has a couple different types of uh, uh, designs and so on, different colors. So just want to nice, give him a shout out really quickly. Sweet guys, like and subscribe this video, please. We're trying to get uh, things rolling here on YouTube, and um, you know, I, I, I'm sure every YouTube video you hear says like and subscribe, but it's the only way to get us like on the search and in the algorithm and. And that really helps a lot. So uh, we want you guys to be part of the discussion. So leave any comments or questions below. And then for our next episode, if we get any questions, we'll answer them as best we can and do all that stuff. Um, anything, anything else, guys? Yeah, just, just echoing that, right? Comments and feedback. I mean, you know, we're, we're obviously, <laughs> normally we'd be all getting together, probably go shoot and, you know, have this discussion in private over beers. But, you know, considering current circumstances, we're, we're you know, relegated to doing this so figure why not make it a conversation um you know possibly get other people on i mean um we're considering potentially having guests in the future on just you know since we're doing this over uh uh zoom meeting um totally yeah, yeah. if you're interested yeah. in being on the show let us know and yeah you know, even even if this is just a talk shop right i mean you know i i think this is just good conversation i think we all enjoy it um and again you know we can't all hang out at the bar and, and talk this type of stuff like we used to. So I think it's a good opportunity to just, you know, talk about this, the hobby that we like um, or love in some cases. Yeah. Or that food on the table. <laughs> and hopefully next week we'll figure out how to have a, a live session. So some, you guys could join in and be a part of it, like watch it live and talk to us in the chat and we can have a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the I topics on like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, Besides that, I think that's about wraps it up. Thank you to anybody or everybody that's watched this. I 
can't believe anybody's even watching, which has felt amazing <laughs> so far. So thank you all for checking it out. Yeah, remember to check us out on Instagram. I mean, you know, again, if you're not watching the videos, that's fine too. Um, you know, and it is just our faces. So you can also just listen to it in the background if needs be. Uh, but we appreciate anybody that's listening in. And um, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Cool. Cool. Later, guys. Bye, folks. Later. Later.